Welcome to the Pod 6 Podcast. My name is Pete and I go by the name for AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. Welcome to a man you know on Twitter is Jeopardy T. Welcome to the show, Jep. Hey, Pete. We are talking premium forward, so the list is very narrow here. Do you think we have enough premium forward options to start the season? Yeah, no, I do. I think um, that it's probably the easiest line out of all of them, to be fair. Um, we always want our inside, uh, well, our primos playing an inside mid role and there's quite a few to pick from that um, that present themselves as primo forwards. Yeah, I think the quantity uh, might not be there as far as players over 700k, but I think we've got some definitely got some quality picks there. Thoughts there? Yeah, I mean it's probably going to be a vanilla line, but it's interesting how the cheaper options, you know, how they present value and how we always look for value to start the year. Alrighty, so let's get into this podcast. So we are talking AFL Fantasy Season Long Classic Mode. This discussion is a pre-season premium forward podcast. This podcast has been recorded on Tuesday night, February 7, and of course the news has been crossed out for you on the AFL Ratings Network. The content is free, likes and retweets are always appreciated. Not all updates are being posted on social media, so you're going to have to go in there and have a look at that this year. So again, make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. And Jet, we've got to cop a few injuries over uh, pre-season, and, but hopefully the premium forwards can stay intact before we hit round one. So let's get into it. So premium forward options, 700k or above. So the first one here is Josh Dunkley, 963k. He's uh, priced at 108.8. He's mid. Um, going to play through that midfield at a very strong rate. So we know he's got big tackle numbers there as well. I think it's going to be very strong midfield usage here. Um, I think the price tag's probably about right. He can go high, he might go a little bit less, but I'm pretty comfortable of paying up for Josh Dunkley. So he is a big consideration for me. No, he, he's probably one of the obvious starts. Um, you know, playing a lesser role as an inside mid at, at Western Bulldogs um, to, to going in pretty much as their number two or number one guy at stoppages. So... I'm expecting uh, an improvement on Dunkley's fantasy average from last year, and, um, yeah, it's all systems go, really. Next one here, Stephen Cornelio, GWS Giants. So we get Taranto leaving the building, and we also get Hopper leaving the building. So you, you've got to think that we're going to have some experience in that mid- middle of the ground. That's going to be Cornelio-type area. So 871k, possibly 98.4 is midfielder. Obviously, no, I think it's going to be pretty strong midfield usage. Over his career, we have seen him put up really strong numbers. So he's fit and healthy at this stage, uh, but the Giants do want to play a front-half speed-type game, so I just wonder if that shows off a little bit and therefore he's appropriately priced. Uh, he's definitely a consideration for me. I would just want to see the scoring rate for Canelo in pre-season games to confirm a lot, uh, but again, Giants only play one pre-season game. They decline to play the second one, so we're only going to get one look before we hit round one. Consideration for me, Jeff, thoughts? No, he's he's big on my agenda. I think the inside mid role, the fact that he had 49% um, CBAs last season, obviously the start of last season, he regressed a lot and then made up for it after the buy. So there's improvement on that. Although it's going to be a run and gun style of play with the forward half game, I still think there's scope for him as a top six forward and, and he might not have the most value, but you know, the role is the big player here and he's going to score well. 
Next one here, Tim Taranto moves to the Tigers in the off-season. 846k price at 95.6 going to be midfield and I think it's actually going to be a strong midfield usage here. Uh, so uh, Trent Cotchin is apparently going to spend a little bit more time forward, but I think he's still going to see his fair share of centre bounces there. We've got Shy Bolton there as well, Dustin Martin there as well, Hopper there, Prestia there. But I think it's going to and uh, Shaw is going back to a halfback line. I think it's going to be a strong midfield here for Taranto Jet. He's a very strong consideration here for me. Yeah, me too. I, I'm a little bit worried about the number of Richmond players that can roll through the centre bounces. So there's Dusty, there's Shy Bolton at pinches. Obviously, Hopper is not really a secondary position for Hopper, and Taranto mm-hmm. has proved that he can play the half forward a little bit. Yep. So I don't think it's an obvious smash pick with Taranto. I I, I want to see how it plays out. And we know he's super fit and yeah, doing everything right this preseason, but let's just get a clear indication of, of what that split in between mid and forward is before jumping on. Well, I'm going to ask you this question off script here, Jeb. If you once we get to round one, and, and you know, obviously the day before, the day of, you know, the first game of the season, and we actually have to make a choice here, and it, it potentially could come down to Canelio or Taranto, who are you choosing? Um, I'm picking Canelio only because he doesn't need to fight so much for the CBAs anymore. Um, again, the upside from 49 percent. Um, CBAs from last year, but in saying that, you know, Taranto wasn't much um, higher. In fact, he was lower. He was 44% CBAs of the year. So, yeah, no, flip a coin. It's close. It's, it's, it's close, They're, they're, they're going to play for teams with a similar game style. They're similarly priced, and they're going to have a very similar role. So, yeah, maybe you lean towards Cornelio because he's the leader of the football club and they don't have that many rotating through as Richmond do. All right, let me expand on this question for listeners here. Okay, I'm going to have Cornelio and Taranto, but you know what? We're going to fade Dunkley. Do you like that or not? No, I don't. I think actually there's scope for improvement for Dunkley. Um, And I think playing around guys like uh, Neil, I just see Dunkley doing what Lyons did two years ago. So, you know, that was 110 plus. And um, I think Dunkley... Is a little bit better than Lyons, no disrespect to him, but um, you know, at the age where he's probably at the peak of his powers, um, there's no way I'm not starting Dunkley. All right, so that's 100% confirmed. You're starting Dunkley. Yep, unless right. you know injury and all the rest of it. Yep, and I'm pretty much in that same boat there as well. Already on to the next one. So we're going to go Dillamore, 8.26 K's price at 93.3 half forward. Midfield, he's going to see a little bit of midfield there as well. Jeb, we spoke about him on last year's pod. When he gets it, when when he gets going around that ball, he just can accumulate like the best of them. Like his scoring rate was through the charts. So, for me, what we need to see here for Hawthorne, and again, obviously we go Jacob O'Meara out of the team, Tom Mitchell out of the team. There are a stack of centre bounces available here, but it's an evolving team. Um, in a development stage, really got to take that in, into consideration. You know, is Dillamore going to be in the midfield at a strong rate week in, week out? I think it could evolve and could be volatile over the season, unfortunately. I'd love to pick him at round one, but I don't think I'm going to consider him at round one, Jeff. Yeah, no, I, I can't. I, I've never seen Dillamore get hands on the footy first in a contested situation. He's always been that link player. Um, you know, that's where I'm see him adding most value to Hawthorne's mm. side. Um, you know, sure, he can play 
25% CBAs and, and get a bit of it. But like you said, Hawthorne are in for a tough year. It's going to be pretty volatile. Mitchell's going to move the magnets around a bit. Mm. We're not going to get a really good read on Dylan Moore's role for the whole year. I don't think it's going to be set in stone for any Hawthorne player for that matter. Maybe um, just the back half so or the back six. So with that, yeah, you can't really pick him to start the year and you just see how it plays out, I think. Next one here, Isaac Henney, 787k, price at 88.9, half-forward midfield. I think it's going to be more half-forward midfield, probably what we seen last year, so it's definitely no consideration here for me. Yeah, none from me either. I think Goulden's going to start stepping up his CBAs a little bit, um, only a tiny bit, and Heaney taking grabs inside 50 with... You know, Franklin's not getting any younger. McDonald's emerging. Um, they need guys that can take marks inside 50, and, and Heaney's proven that. Next one here, Connor Rosie. So 780,000, price at 88.1. I think there's some value there and some upside. Midfield, half forward. He's going to you know, flip roles, as he said on the weekend on ABC with Aaron Bryan. So you're going to see... Um, some forward usage, but I think it's going to be strong enough. So we did see him go into the mid- midfield and centre bounces the early part of last season, and he didn't look back. His numbers were quite strong. Port Adelaide want to move the ball a little bit frantic and really fast-paced this year, so you've got to take that into consideration there. And not only that, is it Jason Horn francis is coming in. So what does he have on impact from for midfield and centre bounces there? But what we did learn from Aaron Bryan's and his interview with Conor Rosie on the weekend is that Travis Boak is going to spend a little bit more time forward. So hopefully that all evens out and Rosie can spend the same amount of midfield usage as he did later in the season. And if that's the case, I think there is value on his score. He's a big consideration for me to start at Real Madrid. Yeah, there's no doubt Rosie's the best, one of the best midfielders for Port Adelaide this year going into the season. I, I think he's that good. He's the first tag, um, first tag option. He's so damaging um, forward to centre. Mm. His foot skills are great. So being the first tag, that scares me a little bit. I, I kind of made a promise to myself that I, I would try avoid players of teams that are going to attract a tag, and he's one of them, unfortunately. But, look, I, all Australian last year really came in, came of age, and I think that's going to continue. Next one here is Zach Butters, Port Adelaide as well, 764K, 86.3 price set. Uh, probably plenty of midfield usage here for Zach Butters this season. But I'm looking at Connor Rosie. I don't even think I want to go to Zach Butters. Um, I can understand if people do. But, yeah, I don't think I'm going to consider him at round one, although I do like his role. You know, I'm big on Zach Butters, mate. I, um, Although he's scarred us in the past with injuries, if it all falls into place with him, with him then it's a big year. You know, he can hit the ceiling scores. He hits all stat lines. He's never, you know, Rosie's going to attract the tag and, Butters is, and it's just a question of health and whether he can play, you know, 20 games plus, whatever it is. It's um, that's really important. But again, it's probably a generational shift at Port a little bit with some of these young and up and comers, and he's one of them. I think he's going to play a fantasy friendly game this season, being predominantly as a midfielder like Rosie, um, and they're going to be a you know, Batman and Robin Pear, so to speak, and it's going to be good things for Port and good things for fantasy owners, in my opinion. Next one here, Isaac Smith. So, Norm Smith, medalist, not 752k, price at 85. You're probably going to see a stack of outside midfield usage. I think it's a little bit volatile here. 
uh, for Smith, so no consideration here for me. Yeah, just age and Geelong, isn't it, um, that scare you off? So, yeah, pass. Kyle Langford, 744k, 84.1. Likely win, but there's potential that he can play as another, like a third tall type, because he he does have, um, he can provide a matchup when he goes forward, so I wouldn't be, you know, thinking that he's going to be locked into that one role there this year. And not only that, Essendon have got a stack of like mids and outside mids there as well. So who knows how that's all going to settle. Now, the one thing that sort of plays into, because we've got a new senior coach, and, and Brad Scott has consistently said since he took over the Essendon senior coaching role, it's going to take time. We need to evolve. We're a young group. Now, that type of language just puts in volatile for you know a stack of positions in that Essendon team. That's pretty much where Langford sits there as well. Um, I don't mind him as a player, but certainly not a consideration for me for AFL Fantasy Chip. Yeah, not for me. He's never going to accumulate enough, like you said, playing with the likes of um, Merritt and, and Parrish and um, Sheil and the like. So he's never going to have that predominant midfield role, so I'm not interested. Uh, Jay Gresham, next one up here, 742k, 83.8 midfield. Uh, injury concerns previously, so for me to wait and see, I need to see a, lot, a stack out of St Kilda before I consider any of those players at round one. They want to play a speed type game there as well, and a, a stack of them are stripped weight, so they're ready to run and gun this year. Uh, quite a quite a few of them have really dropped a heap of weight there, so no consideration here for Gresham for me at this stage, and I want to see what St Kilda are doing through practice matches, Jim. Yeah, not for me either, but I um I will note that it is a contract year for Gresham though, so he will have a point to prove to maximise his contract value, um, and that's obviously going to equate to high fantasy scores usually. So yeah. Next one here, Jed Anderson, 738k, 83.4 midfield, inside midfielder. That's pretty much his role. So he moves from North Melbourne to Gold Coast in the off season. Now, if he can work his way into that uh, best 22, best 23, however you want to look at with the sub this year, uh, if he can work in there, I expect some strong centre bounce usage here. So, but you know, is he guaranteed and is he a lock in there? So, uh, this is a lot to play out with Gold Coast, and you know, obviously they've got a pretty strong three at centre bounces with Matt Rowe, Noah Anderson, Took Miller. You got Swallow in there, and there's obviously some crumbs for uh, quite a few other players there. Um, but, yeah, where does Anderson fit in? So it's, it could be a bit of a squeeze. I need to see what's happening here uh, over pre-season. So I'll keep an open mind, but not really consideration at this stage for me, Jim. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, where um, where Anderson's going to fit? You know, I'd, yeah, it's puzzling how it all panned out. You know, Swallow is 30 now, so is there just scope to get Anderson as a pinch hitter in those CBAs and... Yeah, he's always tackled well and scored well from a fantasy sense. So I think he's a bit of a fantasy sleeper as such. Um, he should be on everyone's watch list for sure, and, and let's see how it pans out in the preseason games. Next one here, Jeremy Cameron uh, has scored quite well last year uh, in AFL Fantasy Classic. So 737k, 83.3 price that. But he's a key forward and volatile scoring, um, he, but he does get up that grand quite a lot. Um, and the other thing we've got to take note of, he said um, this week that you know his partner is due, so he potentially could miss a game if that the birth of the baby overlaps with a game for Geelong. So um, key forward, no consideration, but obviously baby on the way could miss a game, so certainly no consideration to. Yeah, no, none from me. I just to try to stay away from the tall forwards. They've, you know, history suggests they've never been consistent fantasy scorers, and even when you're as good as Jeremy Cameron, that's still the case. 
Next one here, Errol Gordon, 735k, priced at 83.1, half forward. But I think we might see a bit of an increase in mid in midfield usage here. Um, he's a ball in there, so like he's a and he can score on his good days. He can get it going. So for me, this is actually a, a big watch over preseason. Uh, maybe he can squeeze into centre bounces. I don't expect high centre bounces, but you know if he's a, with a strong proximity to the ball, uh, that could equate to pretty decent fantasy scoring. So a bit of a consideration here for Minkle. Yeah, me too. I'm pretty big on him, actually. Um, I wouldn't say he's like an automatic starting pick, but the re- progression of how um, John Longmire has used his young players, and I think of Callum Mills, that long apprenticeship in the back line, and then getting that harder body and moving to the midfield. There's just, it reminds me a little bit of Goulden here and there. Um, Goulden did have 10% CBAs for the season last year. That probably goes up to 25% as a hunch. Mm. Um, but I, I really, we don't know. Um, John Longmire does keep his cards close-ish to his chest. All I do know is they're pretty systematic there. Um, but yeah, I think it could could be a massive year fantasy-wise for Goulden and football-wise if he does see the, uh, a notable increase in CBAs. So, yeah, definitely one to monitor. Next one, Dane Zorko, 731k, 82.6 price that. Uh, yeah, Dunkley coming in, Ashrock coming into the team. Where does Zorko actually fit in this team? I'm going to see, I think we're going to see a lot of half-forward and you know, he's going to get back into the middle of the ground, I think, think at some stage because he's pretty quality in there, but he's getting up there in age, has previous injury history, Jep as well, so for me, straight no consideration. Yeah, I agree with everything you said, mate. It's that injury risk that you just, you can't do it. You might um, take a risk on the back end of the year, but not now. Next one here, Darcy Cameron, uh, overcoming a hamstring issue at the moment, but he's expected to be available for round one. So priced at 725k, priced at 81.9, uh, he's now the number one ruck at Collingwood. I, I expect still, I know we discussed this uh, recent podcast, Jep, you and I, I expect Mason Cox to be in that team, so therefore it's going to be a dual ruck setup. And recently, over the last week, uh, Collingwood players have still talked up Mason Cox playing in the ruck and how good a ruck he is. And yeah, for me, it's still a, a similar setup to what they had last year. Um, you know, potentially that Cox could be the sub subbed off late in the game. I know you mentioned Cameron. Is that situation, but I think Cameron's that number one locked in. Um, he scores without Brody Grundy last year, so when Grundy was injured and went out of that team, his scores were quite good, and I think it actually represents value his starting price here. So it's a big consideration here for me. Uh, yeah, he he's definitely Collingwood's number one rock. I, I'm still not convinced Mason Cox plays in that 22, but I'm happy to be proven wrong. Um, he's a he's pretty or almost a, a guaranteed pick at his price. He represents a lot of value, and there were games where you know he really scored well and, and scored very high. So it's pretty hard not to start with him, really. Yeah, for me, like I don't even care if Mason Cox is in that team. I'm still picking Darcy Cameron. Can you imagine if Cox is not in that team, what he could do? My God. So if I'm quite bullish with Cox in that team, you know, for me, it's a, it's just I'm looking at it as a bonus if, if Cox is not named and, you know, maybe for a few weeks here and there. So I think there's some upside there. So I'm bullish on him with Cox in that team. So that's just my thinking there. So next one here, Patrick Lipinski. So price at 711K, uh, that is 
and he'll play an outside wing type role uh, for Maypies this year. So uh, volatile scoring on the outside, Collingwood move the ball pretty much the same as what they did last year, so it's going to be less disposal. So volatile scoring here, no consideration on Lipinski for me, Jeff. Yeah, no, me neither. Unfortunately, well, he started that round one game. I was started with him last year, funnily enough. And that round one game, he scored 110 plus from memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, did really well. You know, kicked a couple of goals and, and his role was looked juicy. And then, yeah, just sort of subsided from that point onwards. And he sort of saw himself out of the CBAs after that. And now yeah. with the addition of Mitchell and... Even day costs a little bit in through there. It's it's not looking good for him, is it? So yeah. you can't really start him. Next one here, Harry Himmelberg. We spoke about him on the Defender podcast, so you can go back and have a listen to that one previous episode. So, again, just a quick brief here, 708K, um, price at 80. Uh, his role's not locked in, as per Adam Kingsley, this week as well. So, it, you know, if his role's not locked in now, what's it going to be in mid- middle of the year, even at round two, round three? So it could change at any stage. Obviously, uh, he is versatile enough to move forward or back. So just too much volatility, risk here for me, so no interest for me, Jim. Yeah, none for me either. And like you mentioned um, in the Defender pod, he... It's probably competing a little bit with um, Whitfield coming, even Perryman, so to speak, from the back half to, yeah, to distribute well, the full. So you've got to stack it. And if, so they're playing that quicker game style. Yeah, it's not going to be like it was in 2022 for him, Hemelberg. Next one here, and the last one, Nick Martin. So outside sort of midfield, half forward can play. Um, again, volatile scoring, 707K for Martin. Price at 79.9, half forward. Wing type role, you would imagine outside. So he can score on the best of the day, and it was a very good debut season last year, but certainly no interest for me, Jim. No, there's actually interest for me, mate. I um, I hear my spies tell me he's burning up the track, dare I say it, and um, looking fitter than he even was last year. So it's just really dependent on Essen's game style and, and how they move the ball, switch the ball and, and the involvement of Nick Martin in that. Um, I'm going to be watching him closely. He's, I don't think he's in my team at the moment, but he has been. So, yeah, one to watch and finalise pending role. Yeah, so uh, I think we met, talked about this in the defender pod is that, you know, Brad Scott wants to play a forward half speed type game there as well. So it's going to shave a few points off here and there. And not only that, is it, you know, Brad Scott has talked about, you know, the evolution of the list, playing, playing the youth, it's going to take some time, got to have patience. And, you know, that brings in a lot of volatility for roles um, throughout the season, throughout this season especially. Hopefully it settles down at some stage. But no, I think Martin's pretty much locked into his role there as well. So, yeah, maybe. We'll, we'll give it a look. I'll keep an open mind there as well. Um, all right, Jeff, so final thoughts on premium forwards before we hit practice matches. Yeah, aim for the inside mids, I think. Um, don't be shy to, to have one in there like a Zach Butters that, you know, has burnt us in the past. I think, like I said, when it all comes together for Butters, he can really put a good fantasy season together and, and reward his owners. And, you know, he's not going to be the most popular pick compared to Dunkley, Cornelia, Taranto and others. So, yeah, look, pretty straight bat in the forward line. Um Depends how different you want to be to get ahead or, you know, conversely go behind. So, yeah, it's uh, it's not too um, too hard, this line, I just feel. Yeah, I think we, most of us are going to land on the same. Uh, but, yeah, obviously, confirmed role over practice matches and, yeah, any injury 
consideration that you might make a decision there as well. Jeb, just a couple of things before we wrap up this podcast. We've got a few guests on the pod this week, so just keep an eye out for your uh, podcasts for additional ones. And we'll be back in a few days' time, maybe next week, the same time, and we will record the Midfielders Premium and also the Rucks Premium. All right, Jeb, enjoy your evening, and thanks for listening in. Thanks, guys.